McGurk! I Do love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Cheer up. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because <laughs> she looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zorel. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And we are live and wired on the DC TV podcast YouTube channel and the Supergirl Radio Facebook page to finish up a three-part series on that time and issues of the Superman family when Linda Danvers, a.k.a. Supergirl, was an actress on a soap opera titled Secret Hearts. It's truly one of my favorite things <laughs> about Supergirl was that she was on a soap opera. So I was glad that we were able to uh, cover this uh, entire arc as far as we know. Maybe maybe we'll pop up uh, on some Secret Hearts uh, in the future if it's uh, in some Supergirl issues down the line. But as far as I know for right now, uh, this is the the journey, the arc of Secret Hearts and Linda Danvers as Margot Hatton. So we've got a lot of ground to cover, so uh, let's just dive in. In the last episode of Supergirl Radio, Supergirl discovers that the head writer of Secret Hearts, Greg Gilbert, has a gambling addiction that the villainous particle man, Blackrock, takes advantage of so he can steal the blueprints to make a 3D television. A criminal organization known as the Super Crime Task Force gaslights Lena Luther into thinking she has telekinesis. A girl of steel from the future makes her way to the present day to fight a foe named Toxis. And Linda Danvers gets a soap opera promotion to play Secret Heart's new bad girl. Confused? You won't be after this episode of Supergirl Radio. Okay, that should get everybody up to speed, and uh, that's a good thing because we are going to have to super speed uh, through the first three issues of the Superman family <laughs> that we are going to cover because uh, I didn't plan this super well. And so uh, to get three episodes uh, covering this, I had to squeeze a couple of issues in here. So we're going to talk about uh, the Superman family number 216 through 222 so um the uh let's see and then we're gonna we're gonna take some more time over the last four issues that we're gonna talk about of linda danvers time as Margot hatton uh, but for these first couple of ones we're gonna really get through them so we're gonna start with the superman family uh number 216 which is the first one that we are going to super speed through and in this uh, story, which is titled Victory is Only 5,000 Centuries Away. And sure. in it, the Supergirl <laughs> of the future hypnotizes the Silvers, who are the new head writers of Secret Hearts after Greg Gilbert, uh, you know, had to go into witness protection, uh, <laughs> hypnotizes the Silvers into forgetting her counterpart's double identity because they switch places in the last issue. The Supergirl of 1981 freezes the molten lava into solid rock with her super breath. Both heroines manage to defeat, defeat their estranged foes. Uh, those Supergirl's powers are diminished by the orange, orange sun of the future, and the future Supergirl's powers are increased 
replaced almost beyond control by the yellow sun of 1981. So I hope that made some sense uh, because that's really kind of uh, getting it all <laughs> in one in one take. Uh, after both Supergirls find a way to imprison Toxus and Tal Balak or Bellic, the future Supergirl erases the memory of, of the future and of her from the 1981 Supergirl's mind. And then they return to their respective errors and the case is done. So the future Supergirl... Not evil, as oh, we man. as we maybe suspected, <laughs> but they basically defeated each of their bad guys, and uh, then to I guess protect their futures, uh, they are like kind of erase their their own memories so that they wouldn't know the future. So uh, that's basically how that issue goes down. Uh, so sad. She'll never remember future Supergirl. It is. It is a little sad, but future Supergirl um, had to uh, sort of deal with uh, Linda's soap opera life a little bit with the head writers coming over <laughs> for dinner. Uh, so I'm sure that was chaotic for her. I don't know who had the better bargain in that scenario. <laughs> uh, but we are now going to dig into uh, the Superman family number 217, which is a story titled We Interrupt This Program. While Linda Dammers is being interviewed on TV by Donnie Hughes, and a fan asks Linda about balancing her life as a TV star and her identity as a woman, you know, the old, how does she do it question. How does she do <laughs> how it? How does she do it? Uh, technological whiz Victor Marvin Block overrides their signal and breaks into their program. Block claims that he was wrongly sent to prison for 20 years and that he is getting revenge on his 12 jurors. Yeah, four of them have already died. So uh, he's, he's a, uh, accomplished oh, uh, doing pretty well <laughs> yeah <laughs> block says that he will kill the remaining eight with miniature explosives planted on their person linda secretly switches to supergirl locates the eight remaining jurors with her supervision takes the bombs from them swallows them so that <laughs> they will explode harmlessly in her body and arrests block and all didn't, of this didn't see that one coming i gotta be honest well that's you know she can do this supergirl can uh, swallow a bomb and, and then it's not be a problem had indigestion for the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. And all of this takes place in only two minutes. So she's able to return to the television studio and continue her interview with Donnie Hughes. How and does she do it? <laughs> how does she? She did it, though. Um, and what I like about this uh, story is that it shows that Margot, or well, not Margot Hatton, Linda Danvers, had to go promote Secret Hearts. Oh, yeah. She had to go hit that talk show. show had to Get out there and uh, and make it happen for the show. <laughs> no, no saga for strike at that point. <laughs> no wonder the show is like so popular. She's been doing the rounds, uh, talking to fans, and uh, hitting those, going on uh, the morning shows. <laughs> <laughs> she has been getting them exposure, so doing a great job uh, marketing the show. All right, so the last one we're going to kind of super speed through is the Superman Family number two eighteen. And this is a story titled The Goddess from Hell. So this one is uh -oh. a, a little more serious. Uh, some crazy things are happening with this one. This one doesn't have too much to do with uh, Secret Hearts. but uh, So we'll just kind of go through it cr pretty quickly. Uh, when Cherie Hatcher, a rich aging playgirl, invokes Hecate, I guess is how you say it, or Hecate, in a magic spell to bargain for her lost youth, she wants to be young again, uh, he Hecate promises, uh, promises her that 
uh, 100 years of her life will be added to her if she can bring her Supergirl's soul. So uh, this this woman who wants to be young uh, can be young if she brings a Supergirl soul to this like uh, weird sort of demon Hecate thing. Uh, Cherie is possessed by Hecate's spirit and, the, and has the girl still in trouble with her magic until Supergirl remembers that deer are sacred to Hecate and that the goddess of darkness cannot stand the light. Thus she brings a, a deer with her and ignites uh, magnesium powder with her heat vision, causing a flash that banishes Hecate from Cherie's body. So we have some uh, sort of possession that's happening here. Oh, I pulled up the wrong <laughs> overlay. <laughs> uh, so let's see. This is a uh, this is the image of uh, the uh, the kind of the freeing uh, from uh, Hecate's uh, spirit uh, from this Sheree uh, Hatcher's body. And she kind of comes back to normal. Um, so Supergirl sort of helps her out and saves the day. But the downside is when you're uh, wanting to exchange, uh, I guess, immortality for someone else's soul, there can be some devastating consequences to that. So uh, Miss Hatcher has uh, now become an old hag for failing her mission. That's what happens when you make a deal with kind of the devil uh, to be young again and you fail, you become an old hag. That's the way it goes. That's, that's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. I do like that, like, her, um, this, like, evil spirits, uh, <laughs> um, Achilles' heel was like, I just love deer. <laughs> Well, deer are great. <laughs> she doesn't like, love deer. She's like Supergirl did defeat her, but like also Bambi did. Really, if you think about it, the deer's like, what's going on? Why am I here? <laughs> the deer really saved the day. Um. Uh. So meanwhile, over on Secret Hearts, because this is this is pretty heavy stuff, but there's some Secret Hearts <laughs> stuff in here. Uh. On Secret Hearts, Linda is getting ready to uh start Margot. Han- uh, Hatton's transition into the woman the audience loves to hate. Uh, she started out as the shrew, and now she's kind of more of a bad girl that everyone hates. And being a TV star leaves her bushed, though, and she finds an escape uh, valve as being Supergirl. So she actually uh, is starting to have uh, problems, possibly, having it all. And this may be Uh-oh. something that we will see uh, as we continue to go, can through she issues. not have it all? <laughs> That's the question. I guess we'll have to determine that by the end of this episode of Supergirl Radio, uh, because that does seem to be a thread that happens through the issues and through her arc and what she is going through. Go ahead, Arthur. Cut me from your will, if you dare. Remember, I know the one secret that could ruin you, even after you're dead. Blast you, Margot. I... I'll do whatever you say. Cut! Real nice, kids. Let's see the replay of the videotape to make sure we got it all. You want to roll it, Dave? Go ahead, Arthur. Cut me from your will, if you dare. Remember, I know the one secret that could ruin you, even after you're dead. Hey, come on now. What's the joke? How come Linda's not in the picture? Great Krypton! I know I was being recorded by camera, but my image wasn't picked up on the videotape. This could be a real problem for her career. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be a TV star, I mean, you kind of have to be in the picture to do that. <laughs> well, this takes us to the Superman family number 219 and a story titled Prison Bars Do Not a Cell Make. We begin on a typical work day on the set of the popular GBS TV soap opera Secret Hearts. But before it is over, its star performer, Linda Danvers, secretly the girl of steel, will be confronted with a most baffling 
puzzle and a predicament. Uh-huh. The audio of Linda's performances, Margot Haddon, is recorded. So the audio's there. Okay. But she seems to have vanished from the video. So there's like her audio's there, but she's she's not appearing there. So where where is the person talking? The crew will Are need sure she's not a vampire. Well, I mean, we're we're uh, that's a question. That's a question we have to put out there. <laughs> the people want to know. <laughs> the crew will need to reshoot and wonder if this strange situation is just a snafu in the equipment. It could be faulty equipment here. We can't rule that out. It could be. So, using her supervision, Linda determines that the cameras and recorders are functioning perfectly. So we we've we've uh, eliminated that uh, guess. But during her scan, she did pick up the presence of uh, some unusual field of energy permeating the set while they were uh-huh. taping. So there is a weird energy that's happening in the studio while these things are going on. Linda suspects an Emmy nomination is what's behind all of this, but you can't come up with an uh, uh, with that as an explanation of this problem. Now, I don't know why she <laughs> says this in the issue because I'm, I'm trying to wonder, does, is it because she would make people jealous of her or because it would cause the crew to be sp- suspicious of the actors? I'm not really sure, but she she's uh, putting this... Uh, She's connecting this dot to some sort of Emmy nomination that's happening. So I'm not really sure <laughs> what that is about. That seems like a bit of a, of a reach, don't, she, don't you think? And that's a real leap, I think, to take here. But she's she's trying to think of everything. So Linda thinks she can, can create an explanation for this odd occurrence because this is very unusual. People don't know what to, to think about it about it so she super speeds into the control booth to flip a switch which makes everyone think that linda vanishing from the video is due to someone leaving the blue chroma key switched on during the taping with linda wearing a blue dress the chroma key device automatically blocked her from the image and that's possible if you if if i were to wear a green shirt in front of my green screen i might my my top half would disappear disappear. now covering your head just still be floating there, though. Yeah, no, yeah, I would still have a face unless my face was painted green. What if Linda was like, "Oh man, was this not the Blue Man Group day?" <laughs> she's just like head to toe in, in blue. She's, just, she's like, Red "I dress like a Smurf for nothing today." <laughs> so this is what she hopes to accomplish because she's trying to explain this weird occurrence that has happened to her, which really only happens to Supergirl. And uh, so this is her. Uh, her explanation for it as of right now, because uh, TV people would probably buy this. Linda knows that the chroma key isn't what caused her to disappear. She she knows, but this, she's just kind of like covering her tracks here. Uh, <laughs> isn't what caused her to disappear from the video. Uh, so as Supergirl, she decides to investigate that trail of energy that she spotted. While in the case, uh, Supergirl stumbles upon a tenement building that is on the verge of collapsing and it has children inside. So this is a very uh, sad thing that is going to be happening that she has to save these kids. So in an effort to re- rescue the kids, Supergirl tries to stop a wall from falling. And when she does, she finds that her hands are passing through it. Uh-oh. She has become intangible. And she's like a phantom and can't touch anything. So that would explain why she is uh, not appearing in the video of Secret Hearts. Supergirl can still save the children with her powers, though. Using super breath, Supergirl creates a cushion of air to carry the youngsters. So she rescues the kids. So once the kids are safe, Supergirl notices that intangibility that, that her intangibility is wearing off and she's starting to become solid again. Just in time for her to continue uh, following a residue of energy in the air, leading her into an apartment. But when she gets there, there is nothing that she can see that could be responsible for her vanishing from the video recording. Disappointed with her investigation, Supergirl flies 
back to the studio. So she's trying to figure out what this weird energy is uh, that uh, seems to have gone along with the fact that she disappeared on uh, the recording. Oh, so uh, so, yeah, not coming up with stuff right now, Uh, realizing she has unexpected company. Uh, Supergirl does a costume change into Linda Danvers and bumps into Herb and Marilyn Silver, the new head writers of Secret Hearts. They inform Linda that her character, Margo Hatton, is going to be stealing her maiden aunt's mortgage money. She is really turned into a bad girl. That is not a cool thing to do. What a shrew. They <laughs> <laughs> tell her that writing someone as nasty as Margo is refreshing and that the audience is eating it up with a spoon and the network big boys are happy. And I can tell you, as a soap opera fan, I would love that. I would <laughs> kind of drama, uh, the dramatic storytelling. Uh, there was a storyline on The Young and the Restless with Phyllis, who didn't like uh, Cricket, Christine. And uh, Christine got married to Paul and Paul and Christine went on a honeymoon and Phyllis out of spite uh, put a, was it an octopus in their uh, honeymoon bed? Oh, like oh. A, like a oh. yeah. <laughs> so an octopus, you say, <laughs> I'm sure that's the creature that she put in there. So I hope it was. <laughs> so I like a bad girl in a soap opera because they are fun. They are the most fun characters. They were literally sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> phyllis is the best uh she's always better when she's doing something dastardly i don't know why they sometimes try to turn her around and make her a good guy it's not as fun um okay so uh she is now uh on the show stealing her maiden aunt's mortgage money (laughs) they tell her that uh yeah so uh the, the network big boys are happy everybody's excited about bad girl margo hatton ratings have jumped six points since margo went rotten i mean people are loving this that's a lot and of off- <laughs> offers have started rolling in for my licensing on a margo hat uh margo hotel toys uh doll so i think this is a play on mattel uh who makes barbie <laughs> um so the hotel toys people want to make a margo hatton doll so they're bidding on the right to market that so i i mean i would love a margo hatton doll i wish i made those. a margo hatton doll <laughs> <laughs> i would love a margo hatton doll uh while talking with the silvers linda sees herself starting to fade out again uh-oh So this Uh intangible phantom thing is happening again. So she makes up an excuse to get away so that nobody will see her do that. Uh, While flying around New York City, Supergirl decides to return to that apartment that she visited earlier, that she uh, saw some, some energy coming out from it. And what she overlooked during the first time around was a little doodad, which she assumes is causing her problems. So she destroys it with her heat vision. She may be right about this because she starts to return to normal. She's kind of solid again and everything is fine. Before she leaves the uh, the apartment, Supergirl reads a note that was written for her by an anonymous writer. And it says, quote, Supergirl, I figured it would be a cinch for you to locate this apartment with your superpowers. Sorry I couldn't be there to greet you. But if you'd like to meet face to face, I'll be at the New York Bank at noon tomorrow making quite a sizable, not to mention illegal withdrawal. See you then, unquote. So she is getting uh, a message from uh, someone she doesn't know who says he's going to probably rob a bank. (laughs) So I don't know how this connects to everything. Oh, my gosh. She's she's becoming a phantom, and she's also uh, getting letters from criminals. So (laughs) maybe these things (laughs) things are connected. Supergirl smells a trap. 
but she is going to show up because she did get that letter as the invite. But she's going to show up as Linda Danvers. A man walks into the bank, rips off his blue shirt and white jacket and a macabre mask to reveal himself as Master Jailer. And, oh, uh, my God. <laughs> we know we have uh, a lot of familiarity with Master Jailer, both in the comics and on the Supergirl TV series. So Master Jailer is back and he's uh, trying to rob a bank. Look at that costume. He <laughs> is still serving. <laughs> he's got the little belt. He's got the belt. It's got the little keyhole in it because he's a jailer. He's got his boots. He's he's still got like a little leotard on with the stripes. He and it's is, made of a prison cell. Yes, it's made of a prison. Listen, uh, Master Jailer is like, I will commit to a theme and I will serve you a look. <laughs> <laughs> his suit is a jail with a key uh, that I guess you can lock him up in, uh, into it, I guess. Um, a, a security guard recognizes Master Jailer as someone who uh, tangled with Superman and lost. The guard bravely tries to stop him, but Master Jailer throws a jail. So his his like superpower is that he can literally throw a jail. Like a physical jail, he can throw at people and jail them up and like lock them up. He throws a jail that grows bigger and surrounds the guard, trapping him in unbreakable steel bars. What I sort of envision with him throwing the jail is like in uh, Supergirl the movie when Selena tries to uh, trap Supergirl on those like bars that she like uh, has come crushing. I don't yep. know if you remember that. But that's sort of how I uh, envision Master Jailers. Uh, like power. a little jail comes down, like a little bars come down and he's like, oh yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he traps the guard here in the unbreakable steel bars. Thinking he has handled uh, anyone who would oppose him, Master Jailer instructs the tellers to empty their cash drawers on the counter. Linda sees this as the perfect opportunity for her to make a Supergirl appearance, but before she can do anything, Supergirl shows up right in front of Linda. How could that be? What? Uh, Is it from the future again? Is she back? <laughs> I told you I didn't trust her. <laughs> all the time. There are these duplicate Supergirls all the time. Uh, so really what it is, is a Supergirl robot duplicate because the robots are all the time showing up in these stories. Ah, right. Of course. Of course, the robot duplicate. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Silly it's me. A <laughs> it's a robot duplicate that Linda sent to fight him because she knew it was a trap. She had already smelled that out. Turns out Master Jailer's phantom device was attuned to her Kryptonian body structure to affect only her. So one of a Supergirl's robots wouldn't be harmed. So the Supergirl robot can come in, fight Miss Master Jailer, and not get harmed. Master Jailer confesses to Supergirl that some people hired him to imprison her. His phantom device was meant to do the job to put her in a literal prison without bars. Master Jailer and the robot Supergirl get into a fight inside the bank, but Linda sees that the robot is slowing down. So the robot can't do all this, you know, for, for a long time. <laughs> She's been controlling it with super ventriloquism. And the amount of sure. times that super ventriloquism has come up in these comics is uh, something I enjoy very much <laughs> but linda can't step into the fight because the device has rendered her totally intangible so she's back being a phantom she's, oh no she's a phantom now again <laughs> how is this happening again <laughs> so so many things uh master jailer fires a weapon at the super robot and she explodes to his dismay a piece of debris from the super robot uh, explosion smashed the phantom device he had in his hand he's got a lot of these phantom devices i thought Supergirl 
had already destroyed one, but yeah. he, had, he had one on his person. So I guess he had one. He had a backup. I guess, <laughs> I guess he had two of them. Master Jailer came across uh, that device by accident and he can't replicate it. So getting out of the area now that he knows Supergirl is nearby. So he's getting out of the area now that he knows Supergirl is near, he nearby can't and could come replicate it, but he had two of them. He just came across <laughs> both. Of, he he came across both of these things. He's like, I found a pair. <laughs> <laughs> just go with it. It's a crazy story. Uh, <laughs> I I have a little bit of trouble with this plot, but I, I'm just gonna uh, go with the story here. Uh, but Supergirl uh, can't leave. Master Jailer's prison has worked, and now that uh, the device, the, the his second device, I guess, has been destroyed. Supergirl fears that she may be trapped as a phantom forever how is she gonna get out of this phantom state we will have to figure that out and uh morgan you'll be surprised by who helps her get out of her phantom state uh because it's a character you might have some familiarity with uh-oh no i'm excited <laughs> <laughs> so will you take us through uh the next issue the superman family number 220 i absolutely will we can't just leave supergirl's a phantom <laughs> So, uh, the Superman Family 220 is titled Battle Beneath the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, <laughs> awesome. And finds, uh, finds Linda Danvers still in a phantom state caused by a now-destroyed device planted by the Master Jailer. Uh, wanting to reverse what has happened to Supergirl, she follows him as he escapes. Master Jailer is also being chased by the police and is throwing literal jail bars or, as the issue describes, a giant cell door at them to evade capture, which causes the police car to crash. I mean, the irony there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even though she can offer no help to the police right now, she has no effect on her physical surroundings. Linda changes into her garb just in case something happens and she needs to protect her a secret <laughs> identity. Just in case she, tur she turns solid again because it's been happening on and off. So she just in case. <laughs> She's like, listen, I, I still got to watch out for, for my identity. <laughs> uh, so Supergirl has the idea to visit the idyllic New England college campus of Ivy University, a great, a great university. Uh, <laughs> go fighting Ivies uh, <laughs> uh, to connect with none other than Ray Palmer, a.k.a. The Atom. Aw, Ray, a good a good pal of mine from the Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> Let's see what that what that scamp is up to. So she is going to Ivy University, a famous alma mater of, of, uh, of Ray Palmer, uh, for help to get her out of this phantom state. Because he she is a scientist. He is a scientist, uh, so maybe he can help. Uh, Supergirl recalls that Ray Palmer's costume, made of materials from a white dwarf star, is visible only when he shrinks down to his six-inch height or smaller. Otherwise, it exists in an intangible state. Uh, sure. Because of her... So, so, what, so, what, so what I think this means is that... So, like, Ray Palmer is... Is in he just, like, always wearing it? Yes, I think that's what that means. So he might be playing tennis... And it looks like he's wearing just like tennis clothes, but really intangibly, he also has the Adam suit underneath, I guess. That is like my nightmare because I feel like that would be so sweaty. Like, <laughs> and then you wouldn't have an explanation for why you were so sweaty because you'd be like dressed appropriately for the situation. They'd be like, Morgan, it's like not even that hot. And I'd be like, yeah, no, it's not. Uh, I'm definitely not wearing uh, multiple layers of clothing. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just have this one layer on this one <laughs> visible layer on. <laughs> anyway, Ray is suffering um, because of Supergirl's phantom state. She can see that Ray Palmer is wearing his costume at the same time that he's playing tennis. Wait, so she can see the costume because she is also because as intangible is, yes, as the costume? I I think because of her intang- intangibility, she can also see this. The costume and, uh, and I, we are at the same wavelength. Uh, <laughs> um, so Ray Palmer might have a solution to help Supergirl, but how does she contact him? Um, I guess she's going to have to talk to that suit or something. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, that's presented. Per- I mean, it's kind of oh, close. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, suddenly, the calm of the college campus ivy university is rudely shattered by the sounds of gunfire at the computer sciences building because some crooks want to make big bucks off of computer components (laughs) on the black market (laughs) hey give me that floppy disk they yell (laughs) this is before you could just like go to the apple store best buy you better give me that hard drive um, i don't know what they're what they're doing they the funny thing is that they probably also don't know what the valuable part of the computer is so they're just like here like the zoolander it's in the computer and also this is 1981 are these the like big computers still? that's or- what i'm thinking they're, they're just gonna have to like throw the computer on their back <laughs> they've got like one of those little hand carts as they're like taking the computers out they're like oh it's heavy when was the first apple um uh- uh, like, uh, what did they call them? The first Apple laptops? I'm trying uh, to, I'm trying to remember, uh, 91. The first power book, Apple power book was, uh, 1991. So we are 10 plus years away from that at this point. So these might be big computers. So these are big old, com- these are big old computers <laughs> that they are stealing. <laughs> so they, I hope that they brought like a little hand truck. Uh, I hope they played for this. Yeah. Like, but if they're not, you have to, you have to lift, you have to <laughs> lift, 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 bend your knees, yes. you gotta, <laughs> proper procedures, guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, Supergirl can't offer any help, but thankfully she isn't the only superhero on the scene. Ray ducks out of sight and shrinks down as the Atom. Convenient, because he still had that costume on. He's got the his, suit on. Under his tennis outfit. That's why he does that. Sweaty, but ready to go. <laughs> Sweaty, but ready. <laughs> Sweaty, but ready. That's the, that's the <laughs> Adam's motto. <laughs> um, the six-inch Adam clomps his way onto one of the robber's guns and boffs his fist into his face, packing a 180-pound punch, even in his smaller size. After taking out the first criminal, the Adam whacks? Yeah, uh, the he's, second... he's whacking, like whack and block oh, whack. and clock. Yeah. Pale. Uh, <laughs> the Adam whacks the second one to the ground and saves the day. The campus police can't see the Adam, so all they see are the guys jumping around like crazy. And then Unconsciousville. Yeah, uh, so he's he's super tiny. So they get, they, he's like a little insect to them. The police are so confused. They're like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> First, they got out those hand carts and they were taking away the computers. <laughs> Next thing I know. <laughs> they were just falling down. Uh, Mark in the chat says uh, the early personal computers came out in the early 80s around the same time, around the time as this. The IBM PC came out in 81. So Okay, so maybe Ivy University is like, in on the ground floor. Cutting edge stuff. <laughs> well, I would expect nothing less from Ivy University. <laughs> One of I the mean, Ivies. If Ray Palmer is there. 
I mean, Ray he, Palmer, he, might, he might have provided the technology. He might have. He's yeah. that at, he's at least rich. on the Arrowverse, he's very rich. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ray Palmer goes into the locker room to take a shower again, sweaty, sweaty but ready. <laughs> uh, <laughs> before he teaches his next class, kind to his students. And Supergirl, <laughs> Supergirl sees his Adam costume in a locker. So her plan is to put it on to become solid again, which she does. But now she is also tiny. So so this is a conundrum because she is visible but small. Yes. Um, uh, as Ray is about to hit the showers, he stops feeling his costume. <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh so much. <laughs> it's, it's gone. <laughs> Literally, I'm so much less Well, he's, he's lost that second layer. <laughs> he he has probably feels like, oh, different. What is this cool breeze on my skin? <laughs> he's, he's much lighter now. <laughs> I feel so much lighter. He's like, oh, I could dance. Um, okay. So he uh, stops feeling his costume and recognizes Supergirl's voice, telling him that she is borrowing it for a bit. Ray figures out that his suit has stabilized Supergirl's atomic structure, which is why she is able to be solid again. But they need to work out how to do it at a normal size. <laughs> so I'm imagining that Supergirl is quite small now. She's really teeny tiny. And she's like, Ray, please help. <laughs> <laughs> and I also want to reiterate that she's gone into the men's locker room. And Ray's like <laughs> bold. He, he's like like a towel. Like all he and has Ray is a towel. Ray is like the least clothed he'd ever been in his entire <laughs> life. So I'm I'm realizing that like Ray Palmer is a never nude because he's always got his costume on. <laughs> he just sleeps in that thing. He takes showers he's, in he's that like, thing. Oh, he's like my my layer, the, the layer that protects me from the world is gone. But maybe uh, I guess he I guess he doesn't take a shower with it on because he put it I in the locker not. he has he to take it off he has to take, yeah he takes it off only for showers it seems like <laughs> which is a good thing it's smart of supergirl to like wait wait around and then she's like hello i'm down here <laughs> i borrowed your costume <laughs> yeah, uh, i fit but she got it yeah yeah she got it on don't worry um ray pushes some switches in his lab to return supergirl to her normal height and then a single lever is pushed to the on position which makes her whole. Uh, it was so convenient. She experiences a feeling like her body is being squashed together under unbelievable pressure, but it's worth it. That sounds <laughs> terrible, uh, actually, but okay. Um, that's super what she says. Uh, that's rough. Poor Supergirl. What what a day she's having. Uh, <laughs> Supergirl is so happy that she could kiss Ray Palmer, and she does. Oh my god. Oh my goodness! Very good. Supergirl is so sweaty. <laughs> uh, Ray has a wife, uh, Jean, and Supergirl hopes to treat them to the best dinner in Ivy Town. Ivy Town. Oh my God! When the master <laughs> when the master jailer is taken care of back in New York, I love so, the boldness of her of being like, like fully like landing a kiss on this man. And then being like, I'm going to take you and your wife out. Bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was surprised by that. That is not maybe uh, that that's not the best move here. I don't think. <laughs> Ray's like, I didn't want this, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, as Supergirl flies around New York City looking for Master Jailer, she notices that she can't see through the stone bases of the Brooklyn Bridge because something is blocking her x-ray vision. The only thing that could do that is lead. 
dun, dun, dun. Uh, so Supergirl's investigation into this weird mystery leads her to Master Jailer, who teases her through prison bars that, that are charged with super magnetism, powerful enough to immobilize Supergirl. Wow, he's got so many tricks up his... Uh, he's got a lot of jail cells. A lot of prison He bars. doesn't even have sleeves and yet, uh, in that <laughs> leotard, and yet he's got so many tricks up them. <laughs> Um, so much so that she, uh, so it's powerful enough to immobilize her so much so that she had difficulty releasing her hold on the bars. Supergirl quickly learns that the bars are of no use if they are disconnected from their power source. And when she picks them up and moves them, she's able to release them from her hands. Okay, sure. Yeah, I guess, I guess that works. Perfect sense. I'm not, I'm not questioning anymore. I'm just, (laughs) just rolling with it. Just going along for the ride. Just going along. Master Jailer tries to trap Supergirl again with super high-intensity solar radiation, but Supergirl gives some heat vision back at him. When Master Jailer has no more traps left, Supergirl grabs his hand and tells him that they are going to see a district attorney about a prosecution. It's <laughs> nice of her to do it so gently. Uh, <laughs> come on. Come on, Master Jailer. You can keep the outfit. Uh, during their <laughs> during their flight, Master Jailer reveals himself to be a robot, which is a surprise to Supergirl. Everyone, Supergirl. I don't know why she's surprised. Everyone has a robot. Everyone's a robot in these comics. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why you're surprised. Um, turns out that the real Master Jailer has been monitoring their fight through remote control. Supergirl's X-ray vision shows her that there's a powerful explosion, explosive inside the robot, and it explodes uh thank Rao that supergirl was able to gain some altitude before it did no telling what damage it could have done the master jailer however is still on the loose mm, couldn't quite imprison Twist. the master jailer <laughs> <laughs> so that uh where uh, where we're picking up is the superman family number 221 in a story titled a trip on the light fantastic and in this story we are told that master jailer's real name is carl draper so that to me that's a little bit of a letdown master jailer i don't know i feel like he should have a cooler name than carl draper carl draper seems like a normal dude name yeah no, like a- it, it would have been it would have been fun if it was don draper and it's like that was the mystery of mad men all along <laughs> I the feel last like episode name- john ham just puts on that leotard slowly <laughs> that's who should play him in a cinematic universe i yeah, would buy it i love it he could do it he would be great at it um the range I- I just feel like uh, he should have like a like a prison like pun or something in his name. Um, but anyway, his name is Carl Draper, and he wants to send Supergirl on a trip far, far away. Meanwhile, Linda Danvers is embarrassed that Master Jailer made a dope out of her with that whole robot thing because she <laughs> should have seen that coming. And now has to deal with rotten publicity. She hopes to nab him soon, and since her work on Secret Hearts is done, she's got the rest of the night free to do that as Supergirl. So she's got to worry about publicity on Secret Hearts, and then she's also got to worry about publicity as Supergirl. So she's on the she's on the television like all the time. Uh, How so does she, she do it? <laughs> she's got to worry about her uh, her media image. <clears throat> so the timing isn't great though. She 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 had a free night, but uh, she <laughs> forgot that she agreed to go shopping with the Secret Hearts head writer Marilyn Silver, who wants to blow a few thousand dollars on a new oh. wardrobe. <laughs> Okay, okay, Marilyn. <laughs> That's a lot of money. That's a lot. Well, she it, maybe if it's a whole new wardrobe, maybe that makes like, it okay. Completely 
Yeah. She's, I, she's starting I mean, from scratch. She's she's starting over. She's, <laughs> she says, what I really need to get is a lot of pantaloons. Uh, that's that's what's really in. That's what's happening. That's what it's like. Pantaloons all day. <laughs> so that is what Linda's trying on. In, in <laughs> so many <laughs> pantaloons. <laughs> <laughs> so Marilyn suggests to Linda that now she is a hot now that she is a hot shot TV star, it's time that she stopped dressing. And this is what the comic says, like a refugee from Gidget. So this is a very uh dated reference. I'm assuming the Gidget here is like the Sally Field Gidget TV show where there are a lot of refugees ah, on Gidget. I'm not I sure. Don't, I wasn't aware. I but I don't <laughs> know anything about Gidget. So but Marilyn Silver must know she's a TV writer. So she, she does. She would she know must she's have her like, finger on the pulse. She's like, I know what the kids like. It's pantaloons <laughs> and it's ruffle, it's a ruffle shirts. If you don't look like a pirate, what are you even doing? <laughs> the refugees on Gidget are not looking like that. Everybody looks like a pirate on Gidget. <laughs> <laughs> Not being able to fight the inevitable. She's she's going to have to cave and go with Marilyn. Linda agrees to go shopping. And worried as she is of the whereabouts of her, of uh, uh, what she's doing, uh, even Linda can't deny she loves every second of it. So she really didn't want to go shopping with Marilyn because, like, that's kind of eating up on her free time. But, yes, but... But Who doesn't love shopping? <laughs> she got to try on some clothes. Did you, was... did you see those pantaloons she had on? <laughs> Who could say no? <laughs> she eventually just kind of caved in and I really enjoyed it. So she's been shopping with Marilyn, uh, head writer of Secret Hearts. Now, two hours and $3,300 later. So they did stick to oh the budget. Oh, my God. <laughs> they, they stuck to the budget, though. Good for them. They were like, we're going to blow $3,000. Just over the $3,000. So uh, two hours later, Linda Danvers gets recognized as the, as the actress who plays Margot Hatton on Secret Hearts. Uh, it doesn't go well, though, because uh, a woman, oh. a, a fan named Emily Feinstein, calls her a hussy. So she <gasps> like, so this yes. Emily person on the street sees Linda, recognizes her as Margot Hatton and calls her a hussy. She, uh, she, do, she doesn't say that to Linda Danvers. She thinks that this person is Margot Hatton. And tells her that it's, quote, disgraceful the way you treat people, Miss Hatton, unquote. Uh, Marilyn. <laughs> oh, no. Linda is learning that most people don't understand the difference between an actor and a character. There is uh, fictional TV shows and reality. And this woman is not able to uh, decipher the difference. Linda has bumped into Stan culture in the 80s. <laughs> With no Twitter. <laughs> they just yell at you in the street. By the way, I did want to I did want to point out that three thousand dollars in 1981 money <laughs> from my for my best friend, the inflation calculator <laughs> is actually about eleven thousand dollars of Holy today's cow. Money. That's a lot of pantaloons. <laughs> that's so many pantaloons. Those shirts are so frilly. That's like that's like a hundred dollars per frill on that shirt. <laughs> So really dropping uh, a lot of money here uh, on the shopping spree. Uh, so after this uh, crazy soap opera fan uh, calls uh, Linda Danvers a hussy, Marilyn encourages her that this crazy fan wasn't attacking her personally. It wasn't about Linda Danvers, but attacking her character, Margot Hatton. And it's a good thing because it shows what a good actress 
Linda Danvers is. And I think that's probably true. She was so convincing as Margot Hatton that this woman thought she was Margot Hatton. So, yeah, she was like, how could you do that to your maiden aunt? <laughs> <laughs> so her days as the bad the bad girl of Secret Hearts is really uh, coming to fruition here. So over in the area known as Wall Street of New York City, of course, Master Jailer is uh, back with his old schemes and he's trying to crack open a safe to use the money inside to finance his jail gimmick. So he's 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 trying to expand his jail powers to just throw in the jail cells is kind of getting tired so he's trying to find some new things <laughs> and even for criminals inflation has hit hard has really hit hard and in, in the crime it's, circuit it's tough out there guys it's tough it's tough out like there he's for like the trying to like franchise his like jail powers he's like, he's like you too can become the proud owner of a jail <laughs> So he needs money to make this happen. So, uh, so Master Jailer is trying to kind of rob another <laughs> another safe. I just love his little outfit. I gotta <laughs> say, <laughs> it's, it's so fancy. <laughs> well, Supergirl spots Master Jailer and she chases him down a subway platform, which requires seventy five cents. Uh, to ride the train. So I don't know if you want to uh, look that uh, up in the inflation. Of course category. I do. You know I do. <laughs> so this is 75 cents to ride the train in New York City in 1981. So I'm curious as to what it is. About 250 of today's money. So Okay, so not too bad. But it was still... second since I've been on the subway. The last time, I think it was about that much. Okay, okay. So yeah. that seems to check out. All right. Yeah, okay. That hasn't gone up that much, I guess. <laughs> So it takes 75 cents to to ride the train here in 1981. So Master Jailer is going down the subway platform and he uses his new rocket powered boots. So this this is a new thing for Master Jailer. He has gotten some new rocket powered boots. He's he's adding on to his oh, arsenal here. And they are fabulous. <laughs> they go with the outfit, they've got the stripes, they like leave like a nice trail of like like pink dust in their wake it's very it's very glamorous I, he <laughs> loves them i'm sure <laughs> so uh he's using these new rocket powered boots to blow up part of the tracks and create a diversion to get away and unfortunately it works he does uh, uh -oh. create an explosion in the subway station so this is very oh, no. dangerous and while supergirl saves the train uh that is being affected by this master jailer does get away so this is uh something where she's having to deal with uh master jailer trying to figure out how to uh capture him with his new fancy uh rocket boots i know you're lying margo todd would never have left his brother at the hospital unless you lured him away with your lies maybe i did adrian but you'll never be able to prove it still I suppose you might be able to come to some compromise, provided you were willing to stop seeing Derek and... Cut, cut, cut! What in the blazes is all that racket over there? As you heard, while shooting a scene of Four Secret Hearts, one of the crew members listens to his transistor radio with the volume up way too high, alerting the studio of a news report about Master Jailer. He has taken one of the towers uh, of the World Trade Center hostage with an impenetrable force field so he uh he's back up to no good and he's sure. down there at the world trade center of all places 
um, causing some trouble. So this is, uh, we've gotten a news report about Master Jailer. Um, so Linda acts like a diva on Secret Hearts. Uh, who he, She's acting like a diva who wants to work on a more professional set so she can create an excuse to leave and stop Master Jailer. So the only way for her to get out is she's like, Oh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna have to do some some real acting and make them believe that I'm this <laughs> diva who who cannot stand this set where there's all this uh, noisy chaos with this transistor radio and she uses uh, that uh, persona to get away <laughs> and try to go after. I Master like that Taylor. she goes like she's I cannot work under these conditions. <laughs> <laughs> she's really leaning into the acting part of it and having to really sell it. Um, so she is going to try to go after Master Taylor. So Supergirl finds Master Taylor and even as her speeding form pierces the massive force field that he's uh, been doing over there at the World Trade Center, his gloved finger touches a certain switch that changes Supergirl from solid matter to pure light <laughs> energy. Not this again. Oh, How? no. How does he have so many of these? I thought he <laughs> found them. <laughs> I feel like he's making them, but he's telling people he's not making them. I don't know. He seems to have why. Why is he being so humble? You know, like <laughs> sh- shout your victories, Master Taylor. <laughs> oh, Master- I turned you to light again. <laughs> Master Taylor tells her that she will be traveling through space in that form for the rest of eternity. He's got this Uh-oh. figured out. Supergirl can't feel her body anymore, and she has no control over her mo- movements. All she can do is travel in a straight line at 186 thousand miles per second which is the speed of light so she is in a precarious situation here that's things dangerous are, things are not looking good for supergirl and i especially like the way she's drawn in the issue because it's <laughs> like a floating head in space <laughs> that is pretty that is pretty fast the rest of her body is just a blur now it's yeah. just her just her head on a comet. Yeah, she's basically just uh, like a comet floating through space at this point, thanks to Master Taylor. <laughs> How will Supergirl get back to her normal self now? She thinks about, uh, so she's she's thinking about all this. So she's like, how am I going to get back to my normal self? And while she's uh, kind of a floating head up in space, she thinks about Albert Einstein and how he proved <laughs> that light is composed of photon particles that have a sure. mass just like solid matter and that mass can be affected by outside forces like gravity she's thinking about all this like science mumbo jumbo up there sure she is sure yeah so she's she's been reading apparently about albert einstein she (laughs) needs to alter her current course the merest fraction of an inch and after concentrating really hard supergirl starts to feel the billions of photons that compose her body gaining control over the particles uh she really could use the help of like uh black rock uh particle man black rock in this situation he probably would have known that would have helped, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, so a new path is taking her now towards the sun in a space warp into this system. So I guess Supergirl up in space, she's uh, channeling her inner Albert Einstein and is seemingly coming up with a solution to get her back into her physical form. And very, so very smart. She's uh, she's really uh, channeling that super intelligence here that she has. Uh, so the space warp allows her not only to travel back to Earth, but to restore her body back to normal. So she's now kind of solid again. She's no longer a <laughs> floating head up in space. Master Jailer is shocked to see Supergirl back from her space journey, and she um, hits him to the ground. Uh, I think the issue does it say WAP? I think I think that's the uh, the the <laughs> she action. Whaps him to the ground. Whaps him to the ground. The issue ends with her telling him that she doubts that the court is going to hand him a quote light 
sentence, unquote. So oh. a lot of, a lot of puns on the light nah. uh, thing that <laughs> Supergirl is going through in this issue. Uh, but she has foiled the master jailer once again. Uh, so we have now reached the final issue of yeah. our, uh, our secret hearts uh, storyline. Do we have a uh, lap cat friend? One moment, please. One moment, please. <laughs> he really, he really wants the cords. So he's just going to have to go down. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you've been so great. Uh, <laughs> he was just, he, I was like, does he have those in his mouth? He shouldn't have those in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he, he tried to do it as, for as long as he could get away with it. Like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> he was really into the story, I think. Uh, he, so. yeah, he was really, he was uh, really locked in there. He was really involved. You know, he wanted to know <laughs> what was, what was going on with Supergirl. Was she ever going to not be that head floating in space? <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll have to come back uh, to hear the end of the story. <laughs> All right. So do you want to take us out with the Superman family number 222? Sure. The Superman family number 222 is a story uh, titled Stop My Life. I want to get out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is a great title. Um, and Supergirl tells the reader that she is bushed. Even though she doesn't have any physical requirements for sleep, a super being needs to shut out the world every now and then, if only for purely psychological reasons. Uh, <laughs> mental health is so important, Supergirl says, and she <laughs> is tired. Um, the responsibility of being Supergirl and appearing on a daily television program has become a downright burden. Linda is having more and more trouble coming up with excuses to get away from the set every time she is needed somewhere as Supergirl. Um, Secret Hearts producer Alan interrupts Linda's inner doubts about her lifestyle to inform her that the show has been expanded to a new hour-long format and Linda is going to be busier than ever with more interviews on talk shows and extra work on the show. Well, yeah, it's great uh, for her career, but not so good for her mental health. <laughs> she, she's already been really tired about her workload and her time as Supergirl because she's she's having a, it's a double load. She's doing uh, bad girl stuff on a soap opera and also getting stuck in space as a phantom. <laughs> and so it's a lot for Linda. That's that's too much for one person. It is like you don't like to like wake up in the morning, go to your job as uh, as America's favorite true, and then <laughs> and then spend your evening as just a disembodied head with a with a with a light body uh, until you remember the work of Albert Einstein. <laughs> Listen. That's no way to spend a Tuesday, okay? <laughs> <laughs> She's got to find some work-life balance. <laughs> Um, oh, I see Mark uh, left a great comment, which is, I note that in the panel you just showed, she was wearing her fancy new pirate shirt. Oh, uh, uh, let's see. Was it this one? Oh, oh yes. Yeah, she there, have a there she is. Look at, look at all those frills. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Worth $10,000. <laughs> she did spend a lot of money on that new brand new wardrobe. <laughs> Gotta wear uh, it. After creating a world of illusion for their millions of fans, the Secret Hearts director calls for a one-hour lunch, and Linda wants to barricade herself in her dressing room. Alan doesn't have that on his schedule because he wants Linda to do an interview with a writer from TV Guide. Linda's face plastered on the cover is going to do wonders for the show. Don't act so shocked, Rachel. By now, the whole town knows my sister's death was no accident. My word, Margo. How in the name of heaven do you live with yourself? Oh, it's easy, Rachel especially with my sister's inheritance. 
Margot. um while shooting a scene for uh uh, while shooting a scene of secret hearts linda gets frustrated by this play acting because she needs to break free to help an oil refinery in new jersey sure are there a lot of oil (laughs) refineries in in new jersey i'm not aware of any um but okay there's some like (laughs) power plants i guess that's kind of similar uh but not really uh (laughs) you know what they say about new jersey there's oil there (laughs) no (laughs) uh the only way to get out of continuing the shoot linda sets some of the equipment on fire with her heat vision uh you know what i i get it i get it linda because like there are some days where i'm like yeah, I, I I could set something on fire with my heat vision <laughs> to just get out of here. Just like kind of go just for a, a nice walk or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've been there, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> There's no real damage done to the camera somehow, uh, but it does get <laughs> it was on fire. Uh, but it does give Linda the perfect opportunity to slip away and take care of an emergency. But before she can make her exit, Linda bumps into Herb and Marilyn, uh, the head writers of Secret Hearts, who want to talk about Linda's character and the new format of the show. Linda's feeling of discontent grows, and she is rude to the Silvers on her way out the door. Yeah, she is feeling really rude. irritable at this point. Linda's got a problem. Linda's like this. It's all too much for me. I was I was a floating head just yesterday. I can't. can't. (laughs) Uh, On her way to help with the oil refinery problem, Supergirl feels bad about how she treated everyone at the studio. You know, lighting those things on fire. Uh, (laughs) Oops. Uh, After Supergirl puts out the oil refinery fire, she returns to Secret Hearts to discover that she has held up shooting for five minutes and these kind of delays they cost money um which is true which is true not as much money as setting a camera on fire linda's feeling pretty miserable about being in the world of make-believe while as supergirl she's too rooted in the horrible reality of life mm. uh so these are That's these deep. are pretty deep problems yeah uh, before Linda can head home for the night, Alan stops her and tells her that she is needed in a heavy-duty meeting with some guys from Hotel Toys about making Margot Hatton dolls. When one of the Hotel Toys guys asks Linda to turn around and show him that she's uh, what she's got to make sure she's got the figure to match Barbies, Linda's anger erupts. Now, this is this is where she should be using her heat vision. This, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying murder, but maybe set that man on fire. <laughs> Just him a little bit just a little bit just like you did with the camera that was completely fine <laughs> that camera didn't do anything to you uh, linda's anger erupts she yells mr ward you can take your chauvinist pig buddies here and just drop dead oh dang i think margo hatton is rubbing off on linda a dang, little bit linda good job <laughs> you channel that margo <laughs> You steal your maiden aunt's fortune. <laughs> uh, this exchange results uh, results in Alana threatening to fire Linda from oh, the show. Oh, uh, Alan, sorry. Oh, sorry. A, miss a typo in the uh, in the doc. <laughs> I was like, who's Alana? I was ready to just go with it, though, too. There are so many random people in these stories. No, this is... Sure I, didn't, this is I didn't know about. No, this is Alan, the uh, Secret Hearts producer here. 
So Alan is threatening to fire Linda from the show because of how she stood up for herself against <laughs> some really gross guys. Toy, uh, toy executive. <laughs> also, like, would a Margot Hatton doll sell that well? Like, do dolls of like the villains usually sell? Yes. If there okay, was a, okay. If, if there was a Phyllis doll from the Young the Restless, <laughs> I would buy ten of those. Okay, that's fair because especially if she had like an octopus in her hand. Yes. Ready just to like put a, like that a, in the bed? Like Add on that you can just like she can sometimes <laughs> yeah. have it or not have it. Uh, it comes yeah. with a poseable octopus. <laughs> <laughs> I would buy that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. You've you've convinced me. You've talked to me. <laughs> Uh, Linda Danvers isn't certain how long this anger has been growing in her. She just knows that it could not have sprung suddenly on her, that it had to have been there for longer than she cares to admit. Even being mobbed by adoring fans feels like more people making demands on her time. Linda needs to get out of this. (laughs) Linda's like, you know what? I'm sick of this. I feel like we've seen it get worse. Like, I think it's been there in a couple of issues where, where she's been frustrated with her life. And it's started to come to a head now. Yeah. Yeah. This is not coming out of nowhere. There's been a couple issues where she's like, is this the best use of my time? (laughs) (laughs) Or should I be spending more time, you know, out in the galaxy, a floating head thinking about (laughs) Einstein? (laughs) I spent a lot of money on all these frilly shirts. Should I have? But if she quits her job in Secret Hearts, she can't afford this really shirt. Anymore. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, she's like, I need to return a lot of these. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Linda needs to get out of her life. As Supergirl, Linda flies around New York City, stopping all kinds of nightly crime. And when dawn breaks, she spots students with nothing more on their minds than classes and their futures. Supergirl remarks that she can't remember a time when she was happier than being a student and thinks that the freedom in it was easier than being a TV star. I mean, yeah, I think that's probably like kind of universally true. (laughs) Like, how old were these students? Were they college students? You never I, yeah, had a I think, better I think, schedule I think, than when I you're think, in college. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that that was the best time. I dream of it. I dream of it. I, <laughs> I wouldn't have any classes in the morning because I didn't like mornings. You can't, you can't do that at, at, at any other point in your life. <laughs> and there's a whole week before finals where there's just, like, no classes. Like, you yeah, they're just, just like, go. They're just, like, study. And you're like, cool, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm Thank definitely going to do that. <laughs> I'm gonna study that whole time. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I feel like she what what uh what what Supergirl is experiencing is having like a job and and then being (laughs) then thinking back and being like, you know what I was happier when I didn't have one of these. Yeah, I get that. I I feel that. We're there with you, Linda. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh, This sparks a major revelation for Linda Danvers, giving her the idea and the motivation to leave a job she hates to go back to college. I'm excited to see what she's going to be studying. So (laughs) in Superman uh, 376, Linda Danvers gives Alan Ward her notice that she's quitting at the end of the week when her contract runs out. Convenient timing on her contract. (laughs) They usually don't happen that way, but this time it I worked mean, out. She, she had gotten promoted. 
And they were yeah. going to like extend her. That's part. true. And they were, they were making everything longer. <laughs> Maybe they were doing it because they were like, oh no, her contract's running out. We got to really make the most of Margot Hatton that we can. But now the contract's run out and they can't do anything. Uh oh. But uh, I don't know if somebody gets recast as Margot Hatton. I mean, you just got to, I mean, Margot Hatton is the shrew about town. You can't just like, <laughs> you can't just get rid of that character. You got to recast her. Because most of the time with soap operas, even if there is a popular actor playing a character, they will recast and keep that character going. But do yeah, you think, but... do you think though, that the next Margot Hatton will be as good? I mean, it depends. Like how how devious is she? How nefarious is she? And also, will like will the Margot Hatton character continue to bleed into the lives of those who inhabit her, <laughs> <laughs> eventually driving them all mad? <laughs> you know, I bet they're going to have a better work environment because the equipment's not going to get set on fire. That's the true. New, the new Margot Hatton's probably going to be on time. Uh, She's probably going to show up on camera, a really important part of the job. She's not going to vanish from the recording <laughs> so that they don't have to reshoot it. Uh, so they may have a better situation. But I, don't I think know. it's going to be think, cheaper for sure. I, I think Linda Danvers a really, uh, really created Margot Hatton in such a way that I think it's going to be tough for whoever comes in after her. It is. It's going to be a tough. Uh, she's going to be a tough act to follow up. That's yes. for sure. Yes. <laughs> um. So, okay, so she's quitting at the end of the week when her contract runs out. Then she locates Superman and helps him deal with a tornado in Kansas. While doing so, she informs him of her decision. When he tries to convince her that she can juggle both careers as an actress and a heroine, Supergirl tells him that she has not come to seek his advice, mm -mm. only to tell him her decision. I, I like, because in my head, Superman has, like, slowly become a big fan of secret hearts like yeah he, like, he really wants her to continue he's like you've got to see that storyline out he's like i just don't know how secret hearts works without margo if i'm being honest <laughs> she's like, I, but i'm gonna go back to school and he's like i, I mean i don't know though like you have she to just got that inheritance like what happens next <laughs> do you have to don't you think that's a little irresponsible to not finish out the storyline <laughs> Superman loves his stories. Uh, <laughs> uh, do, 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 do. Uh, Superman accepts the fact that Kara is an adult now. She tells him that she is relocating to Chicago and flies there to enroll in Lakeshore University to take psychology classes. Psychology classes? Okay. Uh, this new chapter in Supergirl's history begins with the daring new adventures of Supergirl number one. So uh, this, is, this is how Supergirl's history sort of connects so oh. there's uh, the Superman family issues, and then it goes into the daring, uh, the new, uh, the daring new adventures of Supergirl, which we've read and reviewed of some of, because that's where she meets Psy, where she's <gasps> taking psychology oh, classes. Psychology. Oh, I see what so you did there. <laughs> if you want to listen to those episodes, we did a character spotlight on Psy, and so we talked a little bit about Psy and her connection to Supergirl in the and the daring new adventures of Supergirl. So this is where this goes. So she goes from the Superman family into the daring new adventures of Supergirl, which we should probably cover in more depth uh, at some point. But uh, oh, it's yeah. cool to see how this uh, connects. So are you disappointed, Morgan, that she's given up her career? <sighs> As a soap opera actress, a star soap opera actress, and is now going back to college. 
you know what? I I kind of feel I kind of feel like Superman in this one. I was like, how how are we supposed to do it without Margot? She was gonna have a doll. <laughs> she was gonna. She's been stealing people's money. Uh, people are saying, Margot, how do you live with herself? She's like just fine on this pile of money. I wanted to, I wanted to know what else Margot was gonna get up to. A psychology student? They're a dime a dozen. You know who's not? Margot had the the top shrew about town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have loved to see, have seen this continue on. This is uh, in the time period where soap operas would have been pretty big. Uh, in 1981, uh, soap operas were were uh, in the 80s, uh, a, a big to do. Not as much uh, later on. They, uh, soap operas, unfortunately, have kind of uh, dwindled in popularity and viewership. But back in the 80s, soap operas were the big thing. So I can see why they wanted to write stories uh, in uh, the Supergirl comics uh, with her as a soap opera actress. Uh, but yeah, so I'm a little devastated, but I get it. She's got to move on to a new thing. And uh, maybe, you know, she'll she'll enjoy psychology classes and meet some new people at her new, <laughs> at her new college in, <laughs> in Chicago. So she's not going to be living that New York City uh, oh. life anymore where she's eating bagels and locks and... Uh, <laughs> I hope she got herself a, a couple of good pieces of pizza before she went out to Chicago where they're all deep dish and you can swim in them. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we'll catch up with Linda as she uh, goes along in the daring new adventures of Supergirl at some point in Supergirl radio uh, history in, in the future. Uh, but many thanks to our cast of talented voice performers for being our soap opera stars in these episodes of Supergirl radio. And in particular for this episode, uh, Margot Hatton was played by Anne-Marie Simone, and uh, Dave the Film Junkie, which you can find him on his uh, YouTube channel, so check him out. He played the uh, TV director of Secret Hearts, and he did a great job. And then Kat Calamia of the Legendary Ladies podcast played Rachel, and our own Morgan Glennon uh, got back into the voice acting a a game again. to play adrian so thank you all for uh really bringing the secret hearts to life and uh giving us a soap opera story that we can really uh get immersed in so we really appreciate uh, everyone's talents i i think that linda should have stayed as a soap opera actress for so much longer i thought she was i thought that was such a fun story yeah, they didn't, I they didn't bring that that they didn't bring that through long enough. I I could have read a lot more of her having to juggle her soap opera acting with her supergirling. So if I ever got the chance to write a supergirl story in the comics, this would be a thing that I would bring back. I would maybe she wouldn't be an actress on a soap opera, but maybe she's an actress on like a Netflix series. Ooh, you know, like bring it into the modern day. I feel like we need to continue exploring uh supergirl as an actress i like it where that goes (laughs) um and i should make a note because the chat uh fact checked me here uh so we uh, we talked about a story early on about uh hecate am i saying that mark correctly hecate so uh hecate uh new rachel says is the goddess of magic in greek mythology uh so yeah so i just wanted to point that out because the chat knew more uh, knew more about greek mythology than uh than i did so uh, we re- that's the benefit of the live chat is that people can uh, tell us things that we don't know well unfortunately i think that's gonna 
uh, bring us to a close on the Secret Hearts saga in the Superman family issues. And I'm devastated, but the show must go on. So now, uh, uh, before we wrap up this episode of Supergirl Radio, we need to get to some Supergirl Radio and some DC TV podcast plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify. Where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired dc tv podcast also has a t public store so if you are in need of new dc tv related t-shirts tank tops sweatshirts onesies mugs notebooks pillows or stickers go to supergirlradio.com and click on the t public store link at the top of the page hello and thank you for calling the dc tv podcast hotline please listen carefully as some of our menu options have changed supergirl radio press one the flash podcast press two legends of tomorrow podcast Press 3. The Lithuation Room? Press 4. DC on HBO Max Podcast? Press 5. Stargirl Podcast? Press 6. Superman and Lois Radio? Press 7. Green Lantern Podcast? Press 8. The Sandman Podcast? Press 9. Justice League Dark Podcast? Press 10. DC After Dark? Press 11. For all other inquiries, please stay on the line and the next available agent will be with you shortly. And since we are ending our time with Secret Hearts, we'd like to remind you about the S-Shields in the shape of hearts that we have in the DCTV podcast Tee Public Store. I need to get some of these because I think they are amazing. So it sort of reminds me of Secret Hearts. And I think I need to uh, represent my favorite soap opera. (laughs) Uh, So so definitely check that out uh, if you get a chance. And I did want to just bring up uh, one of Mark's comments really quickly before we move on. Uh, He says, I'm trying to picture Melissa Benoist playing this soap villain and it's not working at all. I think Melissa Benoist could have totally played Margot Hatton. I think she would have been great. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like every time she uh, got to, had to be evil, she did a really good job. I think she would have chewed that scenery. (laughs) Do you think Catco has soap operas? Like Catco Worldwide Media. They had like radio stations and newspapers and magazines. I mean, Cat Grant is the queen of all media. All media. Every single one. And I mean, anytime that there was something that they needed for the plot, suddenly Catco had that. So I feel (laughs) confident that they have their own soap opera division. I'm pretty sure they had daytime television uh, from Catco Worldwide Media. So I think that would have been amazing. It's another missed opportunity that the show didn't capitalize on. And I'll forever be sad about it. But uh, I would like to think that in my in my mind, in my head canon, uh, mm-hmm. they had a Marco Hatton on a secret heart somewhere there in the Catco building. Well, we would like to thank our Legion of Super Sponsors for supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. These people are Michael, Anne-Marie, Yvonne, Quinn, Nicola, Abby, Miriam, Nicole, Brian, Ethan, Danny, Majuba, and Lingamberry. And if you'd like to become a Legion of Super Sponsor, you can go to patreon.com slash Supergirl Radio. 
And I think it is uh, time for my plugs uh, where you can find me. You can find me in several places. You can find me on uh, the social media platform called Vero. I'm over there at Derby Kid. You can find out kind of what I'm watching, what I'm listening to. Occasionally I read or I start a book. I don't know that I finish <laughs> books really, but I start books. So you can find out what I'm reading and listening to and checking out over there. I'm also on Instagram at the Derby Kid where I post the occasional picture. And then uh, you can also subscribe to my personal YouTube channel, which I hope to do more with in the coming months uh, with Rebel Moon coming out. So you can go to youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. And uh, I guess, Morgan, should we should we do a uh, Rebel Moon review since Stosnair? The, yes. the famous William Day. William Day. Shirtless in it in Rebel Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot of shirts in that movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I was going to watch it anyway. So Okay. Maybe we could uh, have a Stosnair movie review and really uh, see see what he could really bring to the table when he didn't have to play a baker with an imaginary girlfriend. <laughs> She was so real, you guys. She <laughs> <laughs> lived in Canada. <laughs> poor William. Oh, William. Poor, poor guy. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. You can also find me as a co-host on the Legendary Ladies podcast, which you can find on YouTube at the Legendary Ladies. Uh, same on, uh, on Instagram at the Legendary Ladies and on Twitter at legends underscore podcast. Uh, we're taking Thanksgiving week off. So this week, um, but we did just do a couple of episodes, one about the MCU and Marvel, I guess, superhero fatigue. And one mm -hmm. uh, about um, the recent albums from Renee Rapp and uh, Fletcher, where I got to discover who Fletcher was. I, was like, oh. I don't know who either of those. Um, She's are they, are they music musicians? I don't even know. I'm like an old lady. I don't know who the new kids are on the radio. I know. I know. I was like, oh, my God, one of them's 23. Oh, no. <laughs> Mortality. Um, but yeah, Renee Rapp, I at least knew because she is an actress also. And she was Regina George oh, in yeah. the musical version of uh, Mean Girls on Broadway and is like reprising that role for, for the, the movie that's coming out. The movie version of the musical of the movie. The movie. Yes. Yes, exactly. A, a literal 30 rock joke. A literal 30 rock joke. Uh, so I knew her as she's also on a, a show on HBO called The Sex Lives of College Girls. Um, so I knew her, but I didn't know anything about Fletcher. Um, so now I've listened to both of their albums and I thought that they were both good. So we talked about that uh, last week. So uh, next week is a uh, is a mystery to all of us. Uh, <laughs> that's why you should subscribe and tune in and also send us ideas because we are really open to them <laughs> I, I might do that maybe i'll think of an idea that i can uh pitch to the legendary ladies uh something very interesting though i don't want to send you some like lame idea which you do something cool yeah, so I'll, no, I'll, it's gonna I'll, be I'll, awesome I'll, I'll be thinking that's why it. that's why we'll pick it not because we are out <laughs> of things <laughs> <laughs> yes well uh send your uh episode ideas for the legendary ladies for uh upcoming episodes because uh, you may you may get that idea uh, uh to become an episode so that could be really cool well i think that's going to do it for this episode of supergirl radio though but until next time i'm sore becca johnson 
And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we hope you enjoyed learning about the time when Supergirl was a soap opera TV star on Secret Hearts. McGurk! I love typing. Not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because she looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yay!